Welcome to a special broadcast from the San Francisco Public Press and KSFP, presenting the most recent update from city officials about the coronavirus pandemic. We're bringing you the complete audio of these announcements, with only pauses and silences removed in the interest of time. This announcement was made on Friday, July 17th. You're listening to KSFP LP 102.5 FM, San Francisco. Welcome, Mayor London Breed. Mayor, the floor is yours. Are we ready to start? Uh, yes, Madam Mayor, whenever you're ready. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you all for joining us today. As of today, we have 4,975 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in San Francisco, and sadly, 52 people have lost their lives. I want to first provide an update that I have tested negative for a second time after being exposed to someone with COVID-19. But this does not mean that I'm immune or I can let my guard down moving forward. I'm gonna to continue to keep my distance from others, wear my mask and frequently wash my hands just like everyone else should be doing. As you know, San Francisco has recently seen a sharp increase in cases and hospitalizations as a result of the virus. And we've had to pause our scheduled reopening. On April 11th, we had 94 people hospitalized. By mid-June, we were down to as low as 26 people. We're now back up to 80 people in the hospital. And today we want to provide an update on how we are moving forward as a city. As always, we will continue to be guided by the science in our data and in our decision-making because we know how fast this pandemic can get out of control. As Dr. Colfax has outlined, we have a small window of time right now to get our cases under control before we could see the large outbreak that we're seeing around this country. We are continuing to pause our reopening process indefinitely until our public health indicators improve and none of them are in the red. As of today, San Francisco is on the state's watch list due to our rising hospitalizations, meaning we need to follow the state restrictions, even though we were given a variance not too long ago to move forward more quickly with our reopening. We already followed almost all of these restrictions. The main change is that indoor malls and non-essential offices must now also close. If the state adds more restrictions, we will of course follow them. And if conditions in our city don't improve, we can also choose to close additional businesses and activities as well. We have flattened this curve once and we must do it again. But what I'm afraid of is the complacency. People are tired of the virus, but the virus is not tired of us. We, what we know from our contact tracing team is that the large part of the new virus spread we're seeing is coming from people who are having gatherings with others outside of their household. One of our disaster service workers, a person who was working on our disaster response, was recently infected due to one of these gatherings. She lives with a roommate, and her roommate decided to go on a camping trip with 15 friends. They figured the camping was a safe, socially distanced activity. They'd wear masks, they'd be fine, but besides they didn't expect anyone in the group to have COVID anyway. 
And after a few days, as is human nature, the group got comfortable. They started sharing meals and food and sitting closer to each other during dinner and they stopped wearing masks. One person in the group started to show symptoms, but they figured it was just a cold. When the roommate got home, she started showing signs of a cough. The disaster service person started wearing a mask and scheduled her roommate for a test. The disaster service worker had to quarantine, taking her away from her important role. The roommate tested positive. Luckily, the disaster service worker tested negative. The point is that gatherings remain inherently dangerous and you need to give a lot of thought to if they're worth it and how you can do it safely. Can you wear a mask the whole time? Can you be socially distant? Can you wash your hands often? If you can't, you're not only risking your health and the health of others, but you're also further pushing back the date when our city can open because we're not reopening until we get this under control. So we need to redouble our efforts to limit gatherings and wear masks when you're outside your household. We know the other major areas of spread is being seen amongst people going to work. Latino residents in particular in the Eastern and Southeastern neighborhoods uh, are struggling. We're continuing to focus further expanding access to testing in these communities and conducting targeted outreach. This week, we opened a new testing site at Patrol Hill Health Center, which adds to our recent expansion of testing sites in Tenderloin, Mission, Sunnydale, and the Bayview. But the city can't conduct all the testing by ourselves. We need private care providers to step up. That's why we'll be issuing a health order requiring private healthcare providers to increase their testing by providing same day testing for patients with symptoms and close contact of people confirmed to have COVID-19. Additionally, private hospitals must provide testing to asymptomatic workers in jobs with risk of exposure. The delays we're seeing in testing cannot continue. They must step up and do their part. The main message, is that we need everyone to do their part. We have to get this virus under control right now. We don't have months, we barely have weeks. Every decision you make affects everyone around you. If you choose not to wear a mask when you go out, you're delaying our reopening further. If you're going to a barbecue and acting irresponsibly, you're preventing children from being able to return to school. You're forcing parents to stay home from work or miss shifts at their job because you're not taking the basic steps to curb this pandemic. And most importantly, you're endangering people's lives. We all wanna move on with reopening. We know that we're gonna be living with COVID-19 for the next 12 to 18 months. What we all do matters. How we all respond responsibly makes a difference. We've proven that time and time again in the past. We can't do that right now. And we're all able to do our part. If we're gonna get to a place where we're able to open, where we're gonna be able to let people get back to work because they're financially struggling, 
where we're gonna allow kids to not only go to school, but to engage and interact with one another so they can learn and grow. Where we're gonna be able to see our elderly grandparents or parents in some of these nursing homes, how we get back to some of the things that make our life more meaningful has everything to do with everybody being a part of the solution. So please know that we are not out of the woods. Know that we are seeing a spike and know that you, only you can make the difference. So please wear your mask, wash your hands, socially distance and do everything you can to be a part of the solution. That's what will make the difference for our city. And now I wanna turn this over to Dr. Grant Colfax with an update from the Department of Public Health. Good morning. I am Dr. Grant Colfax, Director of Health. Thank you, Mayor Breed. In the past weeks, San Francisco has been experiencing a surge in cases and hospitalizations that have forced us to pause our reopening plans, increase our testing and contact tracing, and care for many more COVID positive patients. Unfortunately, this phenomenon is happening all across California. And as of today, we join more than 30 counties statewide, including most Bay Area counties on the state's watch list based on our rising hospitalization numbers. And I want to emphasize that the people in the hospital in San Francisco today, as we speak, are not only the elderly and the most frail. In fact, at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, the average age of the person hospitalized with COVID-19 since July 1st has been 41 years. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, we are all at risk for this disease and all at risk for serious consequences. With our designation of being on the state's watch list, we are required to close malls and non-essential offices again, starting this Monday, July 20th. And we will continue to pause our reopening indefinitely. San Francisco, we can do better than this. We know we can do better. We have proven that already. But the virus is moving very quickly and we must accelerate our response. It took us 38 days, more than a month, to go from 2,000 to 3,000 cases in our city. But now it has taken just 13 days, less than two weeks, to go from 4,000 cases to nearly 5,000. There are several key steps that we can take and that we must take until the health indicators improve and our information shows that the virus is subsiding and slowing in San Francisco. We don't have a lot of time today, so I will keep my remarks short, but I'd like to highlight a few key points about our current situation. We know that the pandemic affects some communities more than others, and we must continue to focus on equity in our planning and response. In San Francisco, the Latinx community makes up about 50% of cases, even though they represent only 15% of the city's population. Another group, workers who must leave their homes and take more risk, are more at risk of getting infected and are getting sick in greater numbers. And the neighborhoods on the eastern and southeastern side of the city continue 
to have higher rates of cases. The surge is making all of these disparities worse, and we are working with community leaders and community members to improve outreach and communication. That work includes targeting testing services to where they are needed most. In the past two weeks, we have expanded low barrier testing in the Mission, Bayview, Tenderloin, Potrero Hill, and Sunnydale neighborhoods. Testing has been a reoccurring issue since the beginning of the pandemic. And we have come a long way. At first, there were no tests at all. Then there were extreme shortages of supplies. After that, we had to let people know how and where they could get tested. Today, we are exceeding our testing goal of providing 1,800 tests per day throughout the city. Now providing an average of 2,599 tests per day. But as demand grows in the current surge, access to appointments is getting harder and test results are taking longer. While testing challenges are a national issue as a result of the lack of federal leadership, we need to improve the situation where some San Franciscans are waiting a week or more for an appointment and sometimes as long as that for their results. More than 95% of San Franciscans have some form of healthcare coverage and private providers need to do their share in our testing effort. The city's public test sites are currently conducting an average of 60% of all the tests that are being done in the city. Therefore, on Monday, we are issuing a health order requiring private providers to test their patients with symptoms, those who are close contacts of known cases, and asymptomatic workers who are at higher risk of exposure. This testing must be done on the day requested. This will help and will free up the capacity of San Franciscans, of San Francisco's public testing programs with the goal of allowing residents who are uninsured or are members of impacted communities to get tested in a more timely manner. We need to realize that while testing is a key tool and will continue to be a key tool in our response, we are not going to be able to test ourselves out of this pandemic. In fact, the more the virus is around, the harder it, harder it will be for us to keep up. We will fall behind. That is why prevention is so key. Today, a COVID positive person in San Francisco is expected to infect more than one additional person, causing the disease to spread. And a positive test means that prevention did not work. And, and this is important. A negative test is not a passport to do what you want. Don't get complacent and take risks because you tested negative. Gatherings are opportunities for the virus to spread and must be avoided. If San Franciscans stopped gathering, wore their face mask at all times and socially distanced, we would be able to get the situation 
under control. It's that simple. We know how to slow the spread of the virus. We know how to do it. We just must do it. And we must do it quickly. The key next steps give everyone something to do to flatten the curve. This includes residents, businesses, the healthcare system, and the city. First, we will continue to pause reopening until the health indicators and other data show that the virus has subsided in San Francisco. Second, we will abide by the state's restrictions as a watch list county. And, and I emphasize this, we reserve the option to go further than the state in closing additional businesses and activities or continuing to pause reopening if our local and regional conditions call for it. Third, to reinforce the mayor's comments, San Franciscans need to change their behavior. Do not gather, cover your face. We know that many of our new cases can be traced back to social gatherings of families and friends. Think about that. The birthday party or the barbecue can spread the virus and get many people sick. And remember, as many as half of people with the virus who are infectious, they don't show symptoms, at least not initially. You cannot tell by looking at somebody or asking somebody how they feel if they have COVID-19. Asymptomatic spread is a key part of the surge we are seeing. These gatherings can and could delay the first day of school or the chance to go back to work and worsen the inequities that we're seeing in this pandemic. Do your part, please do your part. Our individual actions have a big impact on the entire community. Fourth, we will continue to focus on equity and the communities that are most affected by the pandemic. We are working with community leaders to expand testing, outreach, and partnerships. We are conducting extensive multilingual multimedia campaigns to reach people in their own neighborhoods and languages. Fifth, we will continue to expand testing capacity and access. The health order coming out Monday will guarantee that providers do their share while the city continues to expand testing in the neighborhoods most impacted. We will, we must continue to follow the data, science, and facts. Together, we have the power to flatten the curve once again. We can emerge from this pandemic with strength and pride in our communities and our collective effort. The work that we have done together has saved lives, improved health, and will put our city back together. But time is short. It's, us, it's up to us to take action now. And I thank you, San Francisco, for doing just that. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Director Colfax. We'll now begin the Q&A portion of this press conference. And we have the first set of questions for Dr. Colfax only. Director, just a moment, please. 
from Lydia Chavez with Mission Local. People are going to work and Latino residents are struggling. Her first question, why only 300 tests at the hub? And why were people turned away yesterday for a lack of tests? So I was at the hub yesterday and it was remarkable to see the work that is being done there. Um, and we have been partnering with the Latino uh, task force since the early days of the epidemic to expand uh, testing. And the truth is we need to continue to expand our testing, particularly in uh, the mission, uh, mission in Latinx community. Uh, we are continuing to build that capacity. Uh, as, as I said, we are requiring providers to provide same-day testing to workers and people who are symptomatic. Uh, we also have other testing sites in uh, the Mission neighborhood, including at uh, Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. And we are continuing to work uh, with Mission Neighborhood Health Center, which is also offering uh, pop-up testing. But certainly uh, we are continuing to expand our testing uh, uh, re outreach and ensuring that people understand where and when they can get tested, how soon test results will be back, and also expanding our contact tracing program. Half of our uh, cases are among uh, Latinx residents and over half of our contact tracing interviews have been uh, in Spanish. So we are continuing to build that capacity. And again, doing the outreach efforts so that people understand that if they do test positive, um, and they qualify, uh, they, can, they can access the Right to Recovery program so that they have the support uh, and resources necessary to keep themselves and their families safe. Thank you, Doctor. The next set of questions are from Janie Har with the Associated Press. Most school districts will start the year with distance learning. The governor will issue his order soon regarding schools. I'd like to ask under which conditions you feel comfortable allowing in-person class instruction. Her two questions. Would all countywide indicators have to be at a certain level? And would the safety conditions vary by age or class size? And what are you telling private schools? So the city has issued um, best evidence guidance uh, with, regard, with regard to schools. And I think at this point where we are, we're going to need to see indicators improve. Um, uh, before uh, school openings um, would, would, would be allowed. The complexity of your question is, um, is, is best addressed by the school guidance that we have issued. Certainly, um, we want to ensure that uh, if schools do um, make the decision to reopen, that they're following uh, best evidence in terms of reducing transmission to people most vulnerable uh, for the virus and that uh, children, their families, and school uh, staff are kept as safe as possible. It's a very complex issue. It's a rapidly um, evolving issue. And again, we will follow the data, science, and facts uh, to ensure that if and when schools open, that they're doing so in the most safe way possible. Thank you. From Dan Kerman with Cron4. The city seems to be giving mixed messages. For example, at the Noe Town Square Park in Noe Valley, the tables and chairs that had gone away due to social distancing have returned, causing maskless people to sit right next to each other. How many other city sites now have had tables and chairs return, and doesn't this send the wrong message? So a couple of things. One is that it's very clear that outdoor activity is much safer than indoor activity. The science has really shown uh, that, uh, that being outdoors is, is much safer. And we know people need to get outside for their, their mental health, their physical health, um, we can't, we can't uh, stay necessarily um, 
uh, uh, cooped up inside uh, in, uh, inside for, for long periods of time. But when we are outside, we need to follow the guidelines and uh, the people need to stay uh, at least uh, six, feet, six feet apart. Um, and it's very clear, our health order makes it clear that people need to wear uh, facial coverings uh, including a mask or other facial coverings uh, when they're approaching within 30, 30 feet of each other. So um, the message has been very clear and I think um, the mayor was clear today and I've been very clear. If you're outside, if you're within 30 feet, you need to wear that facial covering to keep the community safe. Thank you, doctor. And lastly, from Melanie Woodrow from ABC7. Can you please clarify the change to San Francisco around testing as of Monday's health order? For two questions. Had private providers not been testing people previously? And will those private providers have the tests or supplies to do so now? So private providers have been doing uh, testing. Um, I just would emphasize that across the city, um, uh, of all the tests that have been done, 60% have been uh, tests that have, have been supported by the health department or other city uh, departments. And that investment has been huge. Um, providers have been doing testing, but what this health order will do will require all providers uh, to offer testing to people who are uh, symptomatic, who have uh, been in close contact with a known uh, COVID positive and, um, and uh, who are, or who are workers who are at high risk uh, for the virus. And that will be required to be same day offering of the test. And certainly there are health systems uh, that have the ability to, to, to get the supplies and to do the testing. Um, and if that's not the case, um, certainly this, it, this order will require that they get them. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Director Colfax for joining us today. This concludes today's press conference. This has been a special broadcast from the San Francisco Public Press to bring you full audio of the latest city press conference about San Francisco's response to the coronavirus pandemic. You can also find this audio and a brief text summary online at sfpublicpress.org. This was an update officials gave on Friday, July 17th. Because we're running full audio of the announcement with only pauses and silences edited out, we've had to interrupt our normal programming. We'll return you now to PRX Remix, storytelling from public radio. This is KSFPLP 102.5 FM, San Francisco.